You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between 6 feet and 9 feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle... What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Carly Ray. Uh, Tim had to bail last second, so who knows? We may have someone else hop in here in a minute, but we got Carly on the line with us as well. We're just going to kind of recap a little bit of the Super Bowl and uh, – you know, we'll, we'll, if we have time, we'll do us a quick mock draft at the end like we have been, just trying to gather a little information. If we do get to that, it'll be Pro Football Network's uh, mock draft simulator. Uh, I see Jake in the chat too. Jake, if for some reason you want to hop in here too, buddy, feel free. You've got the link. Um, just uh, just jump on anytime you want, man. But with that being said, let's kind of look at the chat real quick. Got people in here already. Josh Martin said, waking up to seeing all the 49ers uh, – Fans crying was glorious. You love to see it, right? Obviously, a big rivalry for the uh, the Packers there. Uh, Margin Cron said, Bosa's the one that got froze in the backyard. Grantsburg, Wisconsin, cold. The cold emoji. We got Paul Robertson in the chat said, I'm drinking 49er tears as my choice of diesel tonight. I like it. I like it, Paul, for sure, man. Um, let's see. AFAM in the chat said, Patrick strikes again. You know, when I was asked about the game beforehand, you guys know we talked about it. It's like, I think it's going to be a close game. I personally would rather have seen the 49ers win uh, just because, I, you know, I kind of like how Brock Purdy carries himself. I like the underdog story. Um, I'm always, almost always rooting for the underdog, and I'm not talking about the Vegas point spread, but just, you know, when you kind of look at what the 40 or what the Kansas City Chiefs have accomplished already, you know, you'd like to see, in my opinion, a different team, you know, kind of 
upset them, I guess you could say, although I think they were technically the underdogs, if I remember correctly. Someone said that, or maybe that, maybe I just heard all the Chiefs fans talking about that. <laughs> uh, it's funny how they do kind of convince themselves that they're underdogs when they're not, right? Um, which most of these teams, it's like every team that made the playoffs this year, that's what they were trying to do is just kind of convince everyone that's out there paying attention and watching like, hey, look, we're the, we're the true underdogs. We're the under. Nobody wants that that pressure of, hey, you're you're the one who's favored to win. But, uh, yeah, so with that being said, um, it was still a fun game to watch. I enjoyed it. I thought it was the battle of, of, like they said in the chat, you know, two really good defenses, obviously, from our perspective. If I remember correctly, let me get my notes here. That was your your number two and number three scoring defense this year, right? And both were excellent at stopping the pass all year long, Kansas City being second, San Francisco being fifth. Um, Kansas City <laughs> – Kansas City was uh, 25th in stopping the run, and San Francisco was 17th in stopping the run. And I, I hear fans every season we get so hung up on we can't stop the run, we can't stop the run, right? And and you know that's the the frustrating thing for me is like you can tell the teams that are always in it at the end that are looking to you know compete for a championship they put the run defense on the back burner. They really do. And I didn't believe that three, four years ago, but studying Greg Cosell constantly, he pointed it out all the time. It was just like, you could tell these teams are just, they're banking on, hey, look, you're not going to stick with the run. You will not stick with the run. You'll get away from the run. You guys know we've gotten away from the run. Our fans have let LaFleur know about it, right? So it's it's something that's hard to stay patient to stick with the run like that, right? But, uh, yeah, AFAM, uh, what I was getting at there was, for me, it was like, okay, three matchups. Most important matchups every Sunday, no matter if it's a playoff game, regular season, or whatever. It's quarterback and quarterback, right? Who had the edge there? Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? I think we would all say Patrick Mahomes, right? Head coach versus head coach. Who are you taking, Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan? I'm taking Andy Reid. He's got the pelts on the wall. And then you get into pass rush. Who's got the better pass rush? You think of Nick Bosa, right, on the edge. And then you also, for Kansas City's side, you think of Chris Jones, right? On 49er side, you think of Eric Armstead, which he was a wrecking. I mean, he was – I'm sure he'll grade out really nice in that game. Um, but to me, the pass rush, kind of a push. But the other two matchups tilted in Kansas City's favor. And, of course, Kansas City came out on top. So whenever I whenever I put a little action on the game, those are the things that I really key in on is those three key matchups. And that usually will give you a good idea. Now, listen, any given Sunday, anything can happen, right? So – um, but Carly, what did you think of the game just on the surface? Um, did you did you watch the game first of all? I'm sure you did, right? You're muted, huh? Thank you. Um, I tried so hard to watch it, um, but with you know, the kids, I listened. Actually, I, we our uh, our internet service for some reason was really really bad in the network. There was some issue with it, and so it kept like lagging. So I actually put it on like NFL on my phone, and then. Um, was able to then listen to some of the radio broadcasts as well. So I, I caught, I don't know, maybe about half of it. Um, but it was, I just want to mention here, Jake Shavink kind of confirmed what you said. And I heard it too, that they were by like Vegas or the line standards. They were underdog. I think it was like two and a half points was the, I don't know, spread, not the right thing. Two and a half points was the, yes. yeah. So right. people who were like betting were like saying like, you could have Mahomes and the points if you're betting on them. Like who would pick anything else? It was just, it was kind of funny to hear it from that point of view, but um, mm -hmm. I'm with you. I wanted the 49er to win. Um, just because I wanted it to be somebody other than Patrick Mahomes, you know, I just wanted like to shake it up or something different, but I actually, I had to work this morning. So I actually went to the bed, went to bed when it went into overtime. And I was like, it, yeah, if it would have been Packers, I would have stayed awake, but 
Um, I was like, I guess we'll see what happens in the morning, but it was, uh, no, it was really cool. I really enjoyed watching the defenses, um, and really like being able to start just starting to see a little bit of that, like, like what's actually going on and seeing when they like can, I like that. I could hear a lot of what was being said on the line. Like I, that does a lot for me when I feel like I can see, or I can hear what the players are kind of yelling at each other. That helps me understand it a lot. So I, I really, really enjoyed the game. What I got to see of it anyway. Yeah, definitely. I, it's like the later the game went on, the worse I felt. That's why we didn't do a good morning Lambo. I, I kind of, by the time mm-hmm. I laid down last night, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to sleep in. So I slept until oh. 10 a.m. this morning. Like that does wow. not happen. I'm usually up 5, 36 o'clock. And man, I was just, I was out of it. So I don't know what happened to me, if it was just a bug or what, or just being mm-hmm. depressed that the Packers weren't in the Super Bowl. Maybe that's part of it too, right? So anyway, uh, Jake Shavink in the house says, and not taking advantage of the Mahomes interception. We're going to kind of talk about some of the key plays because I, I think it's important. I know, I know it wasn't the Packers playing, but it's important to understand what the defenses were doing, right? And and some of the key plays, you guys know I like to key on explosive plays. I think explosives and turnovers are the most important statistics that there there is in a game, right? It's usually going to determine the outcome. But yeah, he he said in not taking advantage of the Mahomes interception, it's huge, man. You you got to you got to maximize that, right? And just on the surface, you know, we always talk about turnover differential and middle late, right? The turnover mm-hmm. differential was tied two to two, okay. And the middle eight, Kansas City won three to nothing. And then lo and behold, Kansas City wins by, you know, one score, right? It just – it almost always plays out like that. So them not being able to take advantage of that interception, that turnover is is absolutely huge. Jay says, I was rooting for Usher, really hoping both teams lost. There you go. Um, I thought the halftime show was all right. I'm not a big music person. Mandy loves Usher, loves her. Um, and uh, I thought he did a good job. I don't – I don't understand the people who are so quick to critique and this. Now, is it my style? Not really. You know, you get Chris Stapleton out there. I'd be a little more engaged. I'd be standing in front of the TV like Mandy was. But uh, there you go. <laughs> Jake Javink in the house says, uh, Shanahan certainly got away from the run. Couldn't believe the offensive series they put together after the Mahomes interception. It, it was deja vu for me, Jake. Um, you know, I kind of felt like that at times with the Packers this year, especially early in the season when they were struggling. You know, everyone – it, the the popular thing to do was just pile on the defense, pile on the defense. But there were so many times that I pointed out, and I got raked over the coals for it, was here we are passing on first down and getting behind the sticks and having a punt going three and out, three and out, three and out, um, you know, being the Packers earlier in the season. Um, it's frustrating, right, because it's like, okay, you just – you had a gift given to you. Lean on that defense a little bit. Push on them a little bit. Let your, let your offensive linemen fire off the ball on them. Let them kind of punch them in the mouth. Many, I think many fans don't understand this. I didn't for a long time. And you hear former offensive linemen like Brian Bulaga and Mark Towser talk about it. When you're pass blocking, you're on defense, as silly as that sounds. You're getting smacked. You're getting hit. You're on your heels. You're having to back up intentionally. When they call a running play, it's your opportunity to go, all right, I'm going to go smack this defensive guy right in the mouth. And when a, when a coach doesn't allow you to do that, you're constantly on your heels, constantly on your heels. And I think that's how people kind of get the momentum going in the wrong direction. But when it works, we don't complain. When it doesn't work, we're going, uh, duh, why, why did you not run the ball, right? Uh, Adam in the chat says, Fred Warner, man, unbelievable. Uh, I think he's the best inside linebacker in the game. There was multiple times there was just this streak that came flying through the screen, this red streak, and made a tackle. And I was just like, who in the heck was that? Fred Warner, every time. Um, just an amazing mm-hmm. linebacker, true true difference maker for sure. Larry Cano in the chat says, there will probably be one less inside linebacker available to select from in the draft. Feel bad for Greenlaw. 
it sucked, man. As soon as mm-hmm. he, as soon as they showed it too, I thought ACL at first because you just seen him go down. But of course, watching it back a couple times, you could tell it was definitely much lower than the knee. And I'm sure it was the Achilles. I don't know if we got official word or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. So tough, man. So tough to see happen for sure. Um, Deadfish says Clayton maybe maybe got that daddy soda bug. I had a couple daddy sodas. There. <laughs> Listen, uh, when you get to my age, a couple daddy sodas is the equivalent to uh, a dose of NyQuil. Next thing you know, you're snoring on the couch, right? And you got a 110 pound German Shepherd laying on your chest. That's the way that works. So. Uh, AFAM Ross in the chat says, why is there even a clock for OT in the playoffs? That was a big discussion today. And, and the fact that some of the 49er players didn't even understand the rules. And, and I, I really didn't understand them wanting the ball. You know, it's almost as if they didn't know, Hey, if you go down and score a touchdown, it's not over. Right. The other team. Well, can I, can I clarify that? Because that was something I was a little bit confused about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my understanding was that if both teams had a possession, they could still use the clock as like the enemy or whatever and try and like running out the clock was good for the one in the second possession. Cause if they hadn't scored by the time the clock ran out, that was the end. Like how many quarters would it have gone on being a new game? Could it have gone on four quarters or like what, what if the clock had run out? Then they just switch sides, start again. But then what? It goes until the other team gets a turnover. So as soon as the 49ers got it again, that would have been the end of the game. So it's another yes, possession so, that ends the game. Yeah, and, and I understand the, the clock not being as important to what you know most people think. But if you've got that mm-hmm. clock and you're, you're being forced to score before that clock runs out, if you remove the clock completely, right, then what's going to happen is – you know, like Jake says, each each possession has to conclude. What's going to happen is the other team's going to run out of time, right? So it puts a little it, it kind of gives you an, a false incentive to take the ball first. That way, they're working against the clock if you put together a long drive. But at the same they time, but they weren't work, but they weren't working against the clock because the clock literally didn't matter. Because had the clock run out, they wouldn't have it wouldn't have penalized them at all. No, nah, I think I think if the clock runs out, the game's over. No, they said it wasn't. They said that had the clock run out, it just would have they would have switched end zones and it would have continued. Really? Yeah. And that. that's why that's I was so awesome. confused because I was like, that doesn't seem not to make any sense. Got it. Got it. So, so the, yeah. the problem I have, it's funny because the argument I was making was something totally different too. Like my point is like, why why would you why would you not give them the ball first? Because if they do go down and score, then you know, all right, we've got a fourth down that we can use. Right, mm-hmm. as opposed to backing yourself into a corner, that was kind of strange there. Yeah. And that that argument still stands, though. I mean, that still mm-hmm. makes sense even in the context of switching sides, but it just doesn't. It is really confusing when you think that That's they're strange. going to the game's going to continue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there, there really is no point in the clock then. Yeah, I was under the assumption that. If the clock ran out, hey, you know, you're out of time. You've got to score before that clock runs out. So that's wild. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it kind of makes sense now because, like Jake said, each each possession has to conclude. That's kind of the way, you know, yeah, that, that makes complete sense. I didn't mean sense. to show that. I meant to start it, but Deadfish oh, said something here about, about his, his uh, strategy. Deadfish said, I thought they took the ball, San Francisco, to give their defense a chance to rest. Uh, they were on the field for the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. That's a great, great point, too, Deadfish. You know, um, if that's the case and they're wore out, right, then, yeah, that's uh, that's that might be a little bit of the strategy that goes into it as well. So there you go. Um, let's kind of talk about let's get into the fun stuff first and then we'll break down to the explosives and all that stuff. I know we were kind of 
we were kind of in that vein just a second ago. Actually, let's do it. Let's let's break down the explosives. Let's start there. So I went back and charted the defense, okay? Uh, both defenses is what I really keyed in on. And essentially what you came away with, Kansas City's defense gave up three explosive plays the entire game. They were all in the passing game, okay? San Francisco gave up four explosive plays, one of those being the running game. And people were going, wait a minute, they didn't know. No, they, you know, uh, Kansas City didn't have a good running game. Remember the Mahomes scramble? That was an explosive, right? So four explosives against San Francisco's defense, three against Kansas City's. Now, what defense were they in? I've got them all charted here. So let's start with since, – since San Francisco lost, let's just talk about their explosive plays that they allowed, okay? They allowed their first explosive play at the two-minute mark in the in the second quarter, okay? It was a third and nine play, and it was a 21-yard pass by Patrick Mahomes. The defense they were running, cover one man, okay? And then you had the interception, of course. Um, this was San Francisco's defense. Uh, got, the, uh, got the interception there in the third quarter. There was, what, 1341 left in the third quarter coming right out of halftime. They had an opportunity to win the middle late, the whole nine yards, right? And they couldn't convert, right? But that man coverage or that, that play, that interception came from cover one man. And and I want to point out that Patrick Mahomes overthrew too, right? So it wasn't like, wow, what great coverage. It was more of an error on Mahomes' part overshooting his receiver right into the arms of a 49er. So the next explosive – or, yeah, the, the second explosive play that the 49ers defense gave up was in the third quarter, 640 left. It was a first and 10 play. That was the Mahomes run, 22-yard run. The defense San Francisco was playing, cover one man. Um, fourth quarter, 9-16 left, second and 10 play. Uh, Mahomes had a 25-yard pass to Watson. The defense that San Francisco was playing was cover two zone, so very aggressive zone there. So what you've seen all night long was these teams, these defenses were calling aggressive aggressive defenses, right? Um, fourth quarter, 16 seconds left, the third and seven play to Kelsey, 22-yard pass to Kelsey uh, once again. San Francisco was, or yeah, San Francisco was running cover one man, and uh, they actually just ran a little man beater, a mesh play that freed up uh, kind of a double drag mesh that freed up Kelsey on the huge twenty-two yarder that put them down there to where they could score. Uh, obviously, there in the fourth quarter. So those were the explosive plays um, in in regulation, if you will. So wanted to point out that charting them both sides. What you essentially had, if you combined both of those defenses, again, the number two, number three scoring defense in the league, you had seven total explosive plays. Five of them came in man coverage. Two of them came in zone. Um, both of the zones were cover two, and the man, all the man coverages were cover one man. So there was no cover two man where you gave up an explosive, and there was no cover three, cover four quarters that gave up an explosive. So um, essentially what it come down to is they got one more explosive play Kansas City did, Dan San Francisco. They tied the turnover differential, and they ended up winning the middle eight because San Francisco couldn't capitalize on that turnover there coming out of the second half. So just uh, wanted to kind of point that stuff out because I think it's important to keep up with what these defenses are doing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what was the final score? Do you remember what the final score was, Carla? I don't have the box score pulled up anymore. If anybody knows it in the chat, I want to say it was 24. 25, 22, I think. I want you to think for a second, too, now, because our, our defense was obviously, I think everybody would agree that by the end of the year, the first half of the year, the defense was the strength of the team for the Packers. But in the second half of the season, obviously the defense kind of collapsed, right? 
So let's see here. It was 25 to 22. Let me write that down. 25 to mm -hmm. 22. So granted, there was uh, there was an overtime period there. Though. How many times did the Packers actually give up 25 points this year? Think about that. Not if we very were many. Look, yeah, if, you, if we were to look at the Packers' results, right, 2023, I'd like to count this up and actually find out. Um, not now. No, I don't need you to know my location there, people. Um, let's see here. So if we go into it, 2023, God, they have got this so screwed up, man. I don't understand. Get all got all this money to do things right, and they. Can I? Uh, can I just while you're looking for that? Can I interject with a little uh, comment from the chat? Yeah, absolutely. So I like this. Uh, we're as continuing the discussion about <clears throat> how overtime works as far as quarters and and halftime and all that. So Jake Shavink says, uh, the question is, if there was another halftime, would Usher have to come back out? <laughs> I like it. Mandy would have been really <laughs> happy about that. She would have been fired up. There's no doubt. Um, that's wild. Uh, it, the the chatter around the halftime show was just, I mean, it was either people loved it or they hated it. I'm sitting back going, I, I don't understand why people care this much, to be honest with you. I was but, really impressed with the roller skating skills, actually. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. It takes some skills to be able to do that. Absolutely. Let's see here. There's Detroit. I'm just trying to tally these up real quick. If you want to continue in yeah. the chat. Yeah. Uh, Eldegrim is doing a, he says a quick guess before you count, I'd say four. So he four. thinks four times the Packers gave up more than 25 points. Okay. That's a good, we'll, that's a good guess. And we'll say 25 or more, okay, just to kind of keep it simple. By the okay. way, we kept Kansas City to 19 points when we played them, but we don't play a lot of, you know, a lot of that aggressive stuff that, that both those teams did yesterday. So there's one with Tampa. We'll never Paul forget. Robert, Paul Robertson says four or five is my guess. Yeah. Let's see. Just about there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, if you count the Cowboys game, which there was a lot of mop-up time there in the playoffs, if you counted that one, it would be five. If you don't count Dallas, because obviously we just kind of took our starters out and everything, you know, um, and then had to put them back in, of course, <laughs> uh, it would have been four. Four regular season and then that one against Dallas, which obviously we held the Niners to 24 points when they beat us in the divisional round. So just to kind of draw that parallel, I'm trying to set the proper expectations for next year for myself mainly. Like, okay. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So, US Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
what is a realistic goal for points per game for this defense next year, right? That's kind of the way I'm looking at it going in because we, you know, if we end up giving up more points next year than we did this past year, it's going to be hard for me to just jump on the whole bandwagon of, yes, this was the right move, like, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Now, if it's one of those games where your offense turns the ball over three times, you got to kind of say, okay, this one, you know, more on the offense than the defense, that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. let's see. Elder, Eldergrim says Packers were like 10th in scoring defense at the end of the regular season. Um, Irk. Yeah, I want to say they finished like 12th in PPP, but I could be wrong points per play. Um, I'd have to go back and, and look at it for sure. But um, So just wanted to kind of get that information put together there. The explosives happened because the defenses were playing aggressive. And when it comes down to is San Francisco gave up one more explosive play than Kansas City, right? And uh, just to kind of put that into perspective, if we looked at what they did all year long, right, um, when you look at explosive plays that you've given up, Kansas City led the league with only 76, okay? You know, obviously when I say lead the league, they had the fewest explosive total plays, right? With only 76, San Francisco gave up 80. So uh, they were both really good at stopping the explosive plays all year long. There's no doubt about that. You know, when you look at San Francisco's defense and you look at the New York Jets defense, that's probably the best guesstimate of what Halfley's defense is going to look like as far as from a schematic standpoint. But San Francisco gave up 80 explosive plays. That was fourth best. And uh, I think the Jets were like 12th. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Yeah, they were 12th in explosive plays allowed. So Green Bay way down there at the bottom, right? And people, you know, immediately were like, well, the Fangio system wasn't working. They weren't running the Fangio system last year. <laughs> we were in single high, fifth most in the league, right? So. It was it was very very rare that you actually played the play out and you were in shell coverage. They would show a lot of shell and rotate out of it, obviously. So there you go mm-hmm. with it. now. Um, since before we move on from the Super Bowl, got a couple of really cool things to hit on here. And again, this is I know it's a Packers podcast, but I thought it would be really neat to kind of just dive into the history a little bit and some of the X's and O's of what actually happened in that game last night. All right, so let's lead off with what we call return of the corn dog. Okay. I'm going to share the screen here. This play was labeled corn dog. All right. Th- this was the game winning play, right. That Kansas city ran. I'm going to play this. And then I, a couple other videos, we're going to tie it together because all this comes from the West coast offense that originated. Obviously it started in Cincinnati with Bill Walsh. He brings it to San Francisco, makes it famous. It then becomes the, the West coast offense. Obviously, Mike Holmgren comes from San Francisco to Green Bay, brings it to Green Bay. Who did he bring with him? Andy Reid. And Andy Reid goes on to Philly and Kansas City and is continuing to run the same system, the same team all these years later. And it's really cool because Bill Walsh was always like, we're, we're attacking the same amount of space on the field. We're just doing it out of different looks. It's a perfect example of it. I want you to look at where they ran this play last year, too. They'd be in Kansas City. Quick throw. Tony's got it. Tony walks in. Touchdown, Kansas City. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there. Hardman. Jackpot, Kansas City. So obviously they call it Return of the Corn Dog. The play is called Corn Dog. That's their code name for it, okay? And if you play it again with no sound, you see up top the way they did it in whatever, I guess that was last year's Super Bowl, right? Um, the way they did it, they did it out of a two-by-two set, but they still use what they call shuttle motion, okay? This is what I refer to as yo-yo, 
right? Where you motion one way, as soon as the ball snap, or even before the ball snap, you're yo-yoing back, okay? That's what I've always heard it called. They called it shuttle. That was just a quick, quick snap and throw, little hip toss. Not many quarterbacks can make that throw off the hip, too. Mahomes absolutely crushed it. Then this year, you got the same exact play, right? Now, look, different look, though. They're out a bunch nasty X here. So what she's going to use F shuttle, what they call F shuttle, what I, which I would call F yo-yo, right? Play action, sprint right. They broke out sprint right on this play. Now, if I take it back, the first one, this isn't a sprint right play. This is just to flip it out there and go, right? Now, you're probably going, what is sprint right? What is sprint right? Where you well, go right as fast as you can? <laughs> pretty much, right? We're, we're going to get to it here in a second. I want to play this first. This was from Sunday Night Football's Twitter account. And this is the great Peter King from SI. Spent year, I think he's still with SI. He, he now he's a part of Monday morning. What is it? Monday morning quarterback, whatever he used to call. It. I think it's Monday morning something else. Now they had to change the name, but nonetheless, this is Peter King from SI. Him talking to Andy Reid and listen to Andy Reid break this play down. This is absolutely awesome. They're twelve, so that puts McColl in, and two tight ends, one running back. Yeah, Tom and Jerry Wright. One-way play. We don't have a lot of one-way plays, but this is it. Yep. And it's gun, trips right, bunch, F shuttle. Okay. And that gives you a little corn dog with some, <laughs> what, Let me ask you this. What, what, is the, what is the part of that play that denotes the motion? The shuttle. X shuttle. Okay, shuttle. All right. Easy X. Okay. All right. So it was actually F shuttle. If you heard him the first time, what he said is what he meant was F shuttle. Okay. So if we play it back again. We're going to pause it as he says this stuff. Okay. And again, his play call on corn dog here, the 2024 version is corn dog is what they would call it. They just hey, radio it in corn dog. All the other information has to be relayed to the position coaches to get the right personnel on the field. Their play call was Tiger 12, Tom and Jerry, right? Gun trips, right? Bunch F shuttle. I'm going to play it again and pause it as we go. Tiger 12. Tiger 12 is real simple. Tiger is the code word for McCole Hardman. You know, 12 is obviously one running back, two tight ends. So you're going to go Tiger 12. That tells when he calls that in, when he's looking at the play chart and he says Tiger 12, that tells the position coaches, get McCole in. We're going Tiger 12. All right, Tigers, McCole, you're in. 12 personnel, we know who the two tight ends are, all that. Let's roll it again. So that puts McCole in and two tight ends, one running back. That's the 12, two tight ends, one running yeah. back. Tom and Jerry Wright. Tom and Jerry Wright, okay. This is basically sprint right. They call it Tom and Jerry Wright. Check it out. One-way play. We don't have a lot of one-way plays. but this is One-way play. We don't have a lot of one-way plays. What he's saying there is it's one read. It's sprint right, and you're going to read the flat, possibly run. You got very little time on the clock. What was it, like 16 seconds or whatever it was on the clock? You're muted, Carla. Sorry, does that mean there's no progression? One read, no progression. Right. It's just it's just okay. sprint right. He's going to sprint right. He's going to play fake, maybe give a little look that way. Sprint right. There, there are other targets, but there's only one true progression, meaning if he gets to the right and McColl isn't open and he can't run, he has no way of running, you can glance at those other guys. Okay, You could take a look at them. But the goal is if it's not there, if you can't get in, you can't just throw that thing away. Right, We'll live to play another down. So that's what that means. Is it? Yeah. And it's gun trips right bunch F shuttle. Gun trips right bunch F shuttle, right? You guys know what that means. 
uh, you're going, you're in shotgun, your trips, right? Okay. That trips, right? When he says trips, right? That's telling you right is the strong side of the field, which obviously if the trips are on that side of the field, it's going to make two of the tight ends be over there, unless you specify why flex, why wide, something like that. Right. So that's how you get that portion of the play. Okay. And that gives you a little corn dog with. Some, what, let some me ask you this. What, what is the, what is the part of that play that denotes the motion? The shuttle, X shuttle. Now, see, it says X shuttle there, but I think what he was actually saying is F shuttle. The sub, sub, subtitle says X shuttle. Okay. And the reason being, because if you take it back, your X typically is opposite the tight end. Look at the bottom of the screen. Your X is on the line of scrimmage opposite the tight end. So the bottom receiver there will be your X. Okay. Then you would have your Y and your U tight ends. And then the other one would be F. Why F? Because that's what they refer to as flyer sometimes, okay? Flyer or F. Um, now, some people use different terminology. They would just refer to him as the Z. Um, but whenever you use a motion, if he motions over, sometimes those positions can change if you got multiple wide receivers in. So I hear it referred to as F. And he did say X at the end. There could be something there I'm missing, but that's the way I understand it. He meant F shuttle, which is to me F yo-yo. So this play was Tiger 12, Tom and Jerry Wright, gun trips, right bunch, F shuttle. If I were who is wait, who is he explaining that to again? That is Peter King. He is like he was with he may still be with them. He was with Sports Illustrated forever. I mean forever. He's uh just a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, done a lot of work with Brett Favre, kind of following his MVP rise and all that back in the 90s. Um, just a sports media member. And you're probably going, How he's trusting this guy with this information. Peter King is one of the most trusted media members on the face of the mm -hmm. planet. He, this is how he gets inside doors is because he doesn't give information away that the coaches don't allow him to give. He's just kind of earned that trust. But, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's who that is. So, again, Tiger 12, Tom and Jerry Wright, gun trips, right bunch, F shuttle. What I would call it if I was doing this on Chalk Talk, and you'll notice my play call is much longer. That's why sometimes on Chalk Talk I'll say they'll have a code name for it. They may have one word. They might have, one, you know, two or three number system, right? Obviously, they called it corn dog. And then when it got called into Mahomes, all the details are called in. He relays, relays that in the huddle, and they break. But what I would call it is 12-gun, bunch-nasty X, strong right, F-yo-yo, play-action, sprint right, F-flat. That gives you more information to specifically describe exactly what the play is as opposed to just, well, the players know what the play is. You you seen Peter's like, okay, what's that shuttle? Like, what's the what denotes the motion? That's the shuttle, right? Which we, we may start using shuttles. It sounds a lot more professional than yo-yo, right? But <laughs> what I've always heard it called down here in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But we are a bunch of yo-yos down here. Now, the sprint right aspect. I'm going to mute it again, okay? And as they play it here, they, there you see the shuttle, right? He's going to yo-yo back, sprint right. Notice there's some options down here, but look at number 80. He's just kind of walling that defender off in the upper left corner. He's not really looking to get too mm -hmm. much into the route, right? And he's looking for the flat here, run it himself, or just throw it away. Luckily, the flat was just wide open, right? So mm -hmm. now when we talk about the history of the West Coast offense, right? And again, we played the return of the corn dog. We played Peter King and Andy Reid breaking that play down. Again, they called it Tiger 12, Tom and Jerry Wright, gun trips, right bunch, F shuttle, right? Check this play out. This is the play from the catch. This is Bill Walsh breaking down the play where they hit, Joe Montana hit Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. 
Now you'll hear, I think this has actually got Bill Walsh telling him, look, if it's not there, just throw it away. You'll kind of get the mindset, but you'll notice they do it out of a pro set. Okay. What do I mean by pro set? Let me add it here. Real quick. Look at the play call on the bottom, right? They're in what we call a pro set. Okay. They're in pro pro set twins. You got your F notice the F is different here. It was fullback halfback. Okay. Because different systems have different lettering or whatever. You got your Y left. So this would have been, you know, they, they probably had a code name for it. They're, they call it red, red left slot sprint right option. Okay. Um, what I would refer to this play as far as it would be pro set. So I would call this, I would call this 21 pro set strong right, 21 pro strong left twin right is what I would call that formation if I was breaking it down. Okay. So notice how there's two options. Rather than someone going into the flat out of a bunch set, you just got a two by set over there, right? You got a one and a two. The Z, who is obviously look at the X. The X is on the line of scrimmage opposite the Y. The Z is in the slot. He's playing off the line of scrimmage. He's going to run just kind of a quick out. And they run what we called slide with the X, which was Dwight Clark, if I remember correctly. He's going to go fake a crosser and then slide back. So he's going to give Montana a second option. So Montana is going to sprint right. He's going to try to look for the Z. If the Z isn't there, by time. If it ain't there, throw it out of the back of the end zone over the X. But if X is open, try to hit him. Montana puts the ball in a perfect spot. Check this out. And we're going to get hit with a copyright. If the stream goes down, it'll come right back. It's because of NFL Films' music. And obviously this clip, check it out. Break into the corner. Okay, you got it? Dwight, we're clear. Dwight is in here sliding back out. This is great when they're tired and they're confused. They want to get back to Dallas. This is when you knock their ass off. Can't really see it. What's that? We can't really see it because it's hidden behind the other things. Is there a way? Yeah, that, that's better. Yeah. All right, here we go. Break up and break into the corner. Okay, you got it? Dwight, we're clear. Dwight is in here sliding back out. This is great when they're tired and they're confused. They want to get back to Dallas. This is when you knock their ass off. If you don't get what you want, you'll just throw, simply throw the ball away. So not there, away you go. You're ready to go to Dwight, got it? Everything hangs in the balance now. The season, the outcome of the Super Bowl birth hangs in the balance. Montana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass, caught by Clark. Lord, absolutely love it. Now we're going to mute it here. All right, let's walk through it. Well, actually, we'll turn it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause it as we go. Break up and break into the corner. Okay, you got it? Dwight, we're clear. Dwight is in here sliding back out. This is great when they're tired and they're confused. They want to get back to Dallas. This is when you knock their ass off. If you don't get what you want, you'll just throw, simply throw the ball away. So not if you don't get what you want, you just simply throw the ball away. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about sprint right off. Everything hangs in the balance now. The season, the outcome of the Super Bowl birth hangs in the balance. Montana. All right, right here. Notice he's just hanging in there. He's got two defenders in his face. He's going to throw the ball away if he needs to, right? But what he does is just put it in a perfect spot where only Dwight Clark can catch it or it falls incomplete. You live to play another down. I just think it's really cool that however many years apart that this was in the in the mid mid to late 80s. I think it might have hell, hell, been the early 80s. Definitely mid 80s, let's call it. So you're talking about what, 90, 1000, 10, 20, what was that 40 years ago? Am I thinking right? Almost because I was born in the 80s and I'm 37. Uh, you better remind me about I was born. In the 80s. <laughs> um, yeah, so just. Think about that. 40 years apart, and they're running the same concept. So when you hear us talk about that, like on Chalk Talk and stuff, this is what we're talking about. You're running the same plays. You're attacking the same space. You're doing it out of different looks. Andy Reid did it 
in back-to-back years, I'm going to pull this up again, make sure it's muted here, and return of the corn dog. All right. Now, look, top top screen last year, they're doing it out of two-by-two set. Okay, two-by-two set. They're going to use the shuttle. They even added in some shuttle motion or some yo-yo, right? So there you go, wide open. Accomplishing the same things, this wasn't a sprint riot, right? This is what they refer to as corn dog. Now, they go to a one-way play, right? This is what they call Tom and Jerry right? Same exact way you're going to attack the same space, or you're going to attack the same space, you're going to do it in a different way. This time they're using sprint right option. Bang. You know what they call that, Clayton? What's that? Roadhouse. Hey, there's no one. Tim. There's, yeah, there's no one who wants to hate on the Kansas City Chiefs more than me. But the fact that they went to kind of a throwback, a throwback approach to win that game. They did it. They did it in a way that they mixed it up. They showed it from a different look. Like I said, Walsh did it with a pro set, pro set, strong left, twin right. Then last year, Andy Reid did it out of a two-by-two set with some F-shuttle, right? And then this year, you went bunch nasty X, essentially, which what they referred to is just gun trips, right bunch. There's probably a code name they use for that, too, that they wanted to keep hidden, too, so people aren't reading the, the mouse. But I love the name. Hey, we too. got a we got a super chat here that's been waiting for a while. Oh Lord, you got to let me know about those. Jay, <laughs> super chat. Uh, thank you so much, buddy. He said, I heard a snippet from another pod describe Halfley's scheme as absolute chaos around the line of scrimmage. Got me really excited for next season. Go Pack Go. I I've heard people say that too. Um, I don't know how to say this without being an a hole. <laughs> Everything that Halfley did last year or everything that they're talking about happily doing, we've done here. Like I went back and I watched like the first six games of the season and you could see over and over and over them running twists, them running stunts, them running mugs, them being the Packers defense, mugging the line of scrimmage. How many times did we talk about it on Chalk Talk where I said, you know, double A mug or, you know, Mike Mug, whatever. It's the same thing. We've been doing it. It's just when the – People hear what they want to hear, right? And when they're describing it, it's like, oh, my God, we've never seen this before. And I, I think of Greg Cosell last year when they were talking about how the Chiefs were attacking quarter coverage and beating cover four. And and Greg Cosell laughed because he's like – people were like, oh, man, how did the, the Chiefs finally figure out how to beat the cover four? Now everybody will know. He's like, it's always been there. It's the way people have always beat cover four. It's with choice routes and deep digs, walking it out on a dagger concept, like walk the safety out attack underneath kind of the same thing with the mug in the line of scrimmage um i just I, maybe you know, he's maybe he's maybe he's it's going to be so much better because the technique's going to be better so the then the overall scheme is just going to work better because he's so focused on the technique like with what coach Haddad came on and was saying about focusing on these little things that make such a huge difference maybe that makes the difference absolutely I, and that's a totally different conversation i hope that's the case um, I really do. And, and that's what gives me the most hope is because everyone that I've spoken to says what you're getting in Halfley is an excellent DB coach. And, you know, it's it's reassuring to hear because these are people I trust. And when we go back and look at, you know, like when he was the position coach in the, with the 49ers, their numbers, their grades were really bad in the secondary. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that it's the same 49ers personnel that was there when D'Amico was there or even now or, you know, with the Jets or what have you. Um, you know, it, it, it's a long time ago, too. The fact that these former coaches, former players like Richard Sherman are constantly bragging on Halfley gives me a lot of hope. But as, as far as that, people describing as absolute chaos around the line of scrimmage, 
Um, that's the stuff that I'm, that's what I'm specifically referring to here is like, it, it's, you're not going to see anything we've never done before. I guarantee you, as we get into next year and they run one of these chaotic, you know, around the line of, around the line of scrimmage plays, I'll be able to pull up one or two plays from this past year and go right here. We did it right here too. Right. So as long as, like you said, the technique is better, as long as the, uh, what am I trying to say here? The, uh, um, execution is better as much as that word gets thrown around by both the media and players and coaches. It's so true. That's the one thing that this defensive coaching staff failed miserably at was they, I mean, these players over and over and over were playing with bad technique and horrible execution. Right. And that falls on the, that's what she said. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael, please. I love it. I love the gym at the end, the little grin, man. Jim, Jim makes this show. So, yeah, thanks for the super chat, uh, Jay. Uh, I think you, you're you probably going to see more than what we have seen in the past for sure. Um, I'm excited to see how that all unfolds. I think I had a screen grab here. I know I had a quote. I think I've still got it. Let's see here. Yeah, here we go. Matt Schneidman tweeted this out since we're on the Halfley Talk. He said, quote, these are quotes from other players, okay, that have played for him. Richard Sherman, quote, he's going to be a great fit. Jordan Fuller, quote, his name was The Wizard, so they gave him the nickname The Wizard because of his ability to scheme things up. Um, Isaiah McDuffie, a linebacker on our team, right? Quote, he breaks down his film so precisely. So you're seeing every coach has a strength and weakness, right? Nine times out of ten, unless you're, you know, like the Bill Belichick's, the Andy Reeds of the world that's just absolutely dominated with their dynasties. Um, Halfley's superpower, if you will, you know, just like Aaron Rodgers' superpower was that quick release, right? Accuracy and quick release. Halfley's superpower is going to be his ability to scheme, right? To be able to draw up plays so precisely, like they're talking about, breaking down the film so precisely. Um, and again, Matt Schneidman says, spoke with a player from each of Halfley's last three stops about the new Packers DC. So those were basically the quotes that came from that. Obviously, Isaiah McDuffie played for him at BC. So um, just something to kind of, Kind of keep an eye on there. I think it's cool that the players are so confident in him, right? He's definitely going to be a player's coach. It seems like that, which I think Barry was, but Barry was way too far in that direction. Like you, he he came across like the type of coach that would never jump on a player, right? And I think on the defensive side of the ball, there's something to be said for the great defensive minds have been a-holes, for lack of a better word, right? Um, Rex Ryans, your uh, Bill Belichick's, your, you know, uh, you can go all the way down the line, Buddy Ryan. Just think of some of the great defensive minds. Steve Spagnuolo, not as much in Kansas City, but he is—he's that's one that kind of gives you hope, right? When you talk about Kansas City's DC, he is—he is big on scheme, big on drawing the plays up, big on execution, all those things. He's not a very fire on fire kind of guy. He seems like one of the nice guys in the league. That gives you hope for half. Like if he could be that type of a coach for sure. So. Um, all right, let's go check out the chat real quick. I know we got a bunch of bunch of them in here. Mark, let's rattle through them real quick. Deadfish says, I thought they took the ball, San Francisco, to give their defense a chance to rest. We already hit on that one, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. Eldegrim says, the only reason I could see would be to give their defense a breather or Jire snuck out to do the coin toss in Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Still kept uh, the trays. 
Uh, Deadfish says, unlike regular season overtime, postseason overtimes use 15-minute quarters and is played like a whole new game. That includes a halftime. The game remains tied at second overtime. That's really good stuff there, man. Appreciate you looking that up. Um, Ron Sandville says, overshot receiver as a result of the pressure. Um, I didn't see it that way. If I remember correctly, I'd like to – I wish I had the play to pull up, talking about the Mahomes interception. It seemed like he had well, well over four seconds to throw that ball. So – Anything here's here's the rule of thumb for me. Anything over three seconds, that's on the QB. You got to go through your progressions that quick. As the balls snap, you should be through your first progression. Meaning, I know I'm going to number one, or I'm moving to number two. By the time you finish half of your drop, you should be number two and on to number three. So, if you do need to get the number three, when you finish that that drop, it's going to be one hitch, let it go, three seconds, the ball's out. Right. You know, some of the best quarterbacks in the league is what Tom Brady was so good at was quick release, getting the ball out in under three seconds. So if I remember correctly, though, Mahomes had time. He he kind of held the ball, held the ball, held the ball. He might have had pressure on him at the end. But again, I don't really consider it, man, the pressure got to him when a quarterback holds the ball for more than three seconds, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Liddy in the chat says, you would still want the ball first, giving both teams score a touchdown. Then you have the first opportunity to score the game-winning points, touchdown or field goal. That's a, I think that's a valid point too. Um, you know, if if the rules are as as we think they are, there, right? Um, and I think that's what Shanahan said in his press conference that, and that he wanted it to be sure of getting it in like a what what do they call it? Like when in a rematch where it's just sudden death. When in a right, sudden death, he wanted it, but then he if in order for it to be that he really needed to go for it, go for the touchdown. Right. I feel like, but yeah. And then you had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the post game, you know, up on the booth with the, with the post game crew or whatever. And they said, yeah, no, if, if we had won the toss, we were going to give them the ball first because we want to mm-hmm. know what, what you're really weighing out there is what Liddy's saying here, the advantage from that standpoint, but the other advantage point, from the other side is knowing whether or not you need to use your fourth down. You're basically picking up an extra attempt on each mm-hmm. drive. You know what I'm saying? So that's uh, that's just as important, I think, too. Professor Cakes, good to see you in there, but says uh, it's a double-edged sword because sword, uh, if you get the ball first and score a touchdown, you have the advantage. But if you take the ball first and don't score a touchdown, you're now at a disadvantage. Um, it, I love the conversations around it. That's why football is so great. man. It's just like everybody breaks everything down. Uh Jake Shavink says, at Dead Fish, the question is, if there was another halftime, would Usher come out? That's what you were talking about, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I hope he was hydrated if he come out for another show. My God, that, that boy was – I can't remember who tweeted it. Somebody had to tweet it or not. They said somebody's going to tear an ACL slipping on Usher's sweat in the second half. I think – I seriously think they sprayed it on because if you look right before that one when he came out, he had no sweat whatsoever. And then he comes out and he's just drenched. Wow. I honestly think they sprayed it on his face like some sort of oil because you never saw him wiping it or anything. But if it was really sweat, it would have burned his eyes. And I mean, maybe he's practiced. I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I hang on. I know. Well, I, I know. I gotta, I gotta the right one I gotta hit you with it. <laughs> so Carly says there's a conspiracy that it, the sweat was not real on Usher. Put it on the ticket. <laughs> Put it down. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Professor Cake says, uh, how can you say uh, KS ghosted the run game? CMC had, uh, I think she, maybe she's trying to say San Francisco ghosted the run game. CMC had 22 carries. He averaged like 3.6 yards per carry last night. I don't know. Did somebody say they ghosted the run game? 
I can't remember. Um, did you? I think didn't you say something about them not really focusing on the run game? Um, not not focusing on stopping the run game, and but how can we say that because he averaged so few yards per carry? Yeah, I mean, like with how the defense is called, it's not necessarily okay. We're going to call this defense to shut down the run, right? Both of these defenses played pretty well all year long. Like I said, they were geared around stop in the pass. Um, I don't I don't remember specifically what they were doing to stop the run. What I'm simply saying is my, the point I was making is offenses will get away from the run. They're not patient enough to stick with the run, right? Like in that case right there, Jake pointed out right in the chat that San Francisco comes out and just threw the ball, threw the ball, threw the ball rather than lean on the run there, right? Even at 3.6 yards a carry, you do the math, right? That 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 basically, if you if you run the ball on first and second down at three point six yards a pop, right? Let's just say it's three yards. You're now looking at third and four, as opposed to second and ten, and third and eight, or possibly third and ten. That's what we say, staying ahead of schedule, right? So that's that's the only point I was making was that you know you, according to Greg Cosell and how people played Kansas City the last few years, it's like, hey, look, we'll give you the run because we know you're not patient enough to stick with the run. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Paul Robertson says six, six or seven of our games this year involved our defense playing against backup quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if we give up more points next year, uh, but have a better record. That's an interesting take. That's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, got it. Uh, let's see. Doug in the chat says, I always wondered what the 2010 Packers, 2010s Packers would have done if they had the 1990s defenses. Uh, those 90s defenses covered up far as picks all the time. That's a good point, too, man. That, to turn the ball over as much as they did and still come away with the success they had. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty wild that you can kind of overcome that. Dead Fish says, all these years I thought that was a scramble drill by Montana uh, when it was a design play all along. Yep, sprint right option, man. Oh, we're going to give him some <laughs> Um uh, Michael Lombardi talks about it all the time, man. Sprint route option. Like Andy, he, he always says these teams, they, they outsmart themselves. Isn't it funny? He, I remember him saying this two years ago. People are too good to run sprint route option. It's just a dinosaur play. Andy Reid runs it, wins Super Bowls. And then lo and behold, this year, they kind of mix in a little sprint right look along with it. Pretty cool stuff. So there you go. Um, so let's see. Uh, Professor Cake says KS equals Kyle Shanahan. My run game comment was more directed towards people in the chat. Gotcha. Gotcha. Professor Cakes. That makes sense. Um, yeah. As far as like, you know, saying they ghosted the run. I mean, you know, it's obvious they did do something to shut down the run, right? 3.3.6 yards or whatever it was a pop. Um, you expect more out of Christian McCaffrey. How about that wide receiver throwback? That was wild. That was one of the explosive plays. I think that was, uh, that was against Kansas City's defense. Obviously, San Francisco ran it. They ran a uh, – it was a Jennings touchdown pass um, where they ran a uh, wide receiver throwback and then hit Christian McCaffrey for the touchdown, right, with the pass from Jennings. That was a uh, – if I remember correctly, that was over 20 yards. It was definitely over 20 yards. So it was an explosive for a touchdown, and that too was against cover one man. So, um, yeah. You see cover one, man, it's aggressive. Uh, it's, it's really aggressive, um, and, you know – when it hits, great. When it doesn't, you, you tend to give up more explosive plays, right? Like I said, seven total explosive plays in the game, at least in regulation, and uh, five of them were against man, only two against zone, and both those were cover two. One was an invert cover two as well, if I remember correctly. So there you go. Um, with that being said, let me see what else we were going to hit on here, man. This show flew by, but I'm glad we got to kind of dip into the history of the league a little bit, man. 
We talked about the explosives. We talked a little bit about Jeff Halfley, right? Um, we could wrap it up with this. Uh, let's do a uh, let's do a quick mock draft because I need to get these out of the way. Are you guys good with that? You all right with that, Carly? Do a quick mock draft. You muted over there, so you probably. Oh yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Real quick, because sometimes your real quicks end up taking a half hour. All right, real quick. <laughs> real quick. Oh, here we go, Jake. He is the one. Yeah. He should help you with this, because I would just say yes to everybody, because I really don't know who anyone is yet. Got it. Get out of here, Carly, if you need to. All right. <laughs> good to see you, Jake. You ready to do a mock draft, man? Absolutely. <laughs> All mock, you say mock draft, I come running. I know it, man. It's like you had it on speed dial there. So yeah. we're going to use uh, Pro Football Network. All right, we're going to go NFL Mock Draft Simulator. We're going to go quick, 53-minute mark, so we need to get out of here kind of soon, um, trying to keep the pods down a little bit. But you can see everything on the screen, right? Actually, let's go full screen. That's cool with you. Yeah. Um, that way everybody it. can see it a little bit better, right? Um, so what we're going to do is sim all the picks, obviously, other than the Packers picks. i got the needs listed here, at least the needs that we came up with. And, Jake, in case you missed some of the shows – the purpose of this is to pretend like we did not we we could do nothing in free agency. All right. We're having the draft before free agency. And what we're trying to do is compile information to see, okay, how easy is it to fill these needs before free agency? Okay. Sure. And then that that'll kind of set the stage for us in free agency as as you know, to okay, here's where we probably be need to be a little bit aggressive as far as trying to get positions filled on the roster at these specific positions. Love so that. needs what, what we've got listed is four safeties, four corners, three O linemen, one D linemen, two linebackers, one tight end, one halfback, one edge. Obviously this is because we did not sign any of our current, you know, people that are set to hit free agency. So with that being said, let's do it. Let's roll it here. All right. Hit resume draft. And here we are. We're going to reject all trades. So oh, we want wow. to take JJ McCarthy right off the bat, right? That's your <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> can't get away from that name, can you? So no, no. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna treat. Um, actually, you know what? We'll go away from using theirs as the official draft board. So if there's someone you like better in these situations, we're gonna let you kind of make the picks. I'll throw in a little bit, in, bit of input too. Okay. So based on the needs, the strongest needs we have, in my opinion, if we could not use free agency and we couldn't resign our current free agents would be safety corner, offensive line, then linebacker. All right, so on the board, J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan, quarterback Bo Nix out of Oregon, defensive tackle Byron Murphy the second um, out of Texas, and you've got Quinion Mitchell at number 25. Yeah. My goodness. Cam Kinchins at number 29. Graham Barton, offensive guard out of Duke at number 30. What are you thinking here, Jake? What would I you mean, do if these were the guys available? And I can click on anything. You just tell me what position or what have you. This could not be any easier right here. We are taking Quinion Mitchell. This Boom. is it. This is Goody has Goody has like sprinted around the room. He's high fiving everybody, right? Oh my gosh, he's here. He's here. Fist bumps. Like they don't got to take any time for that. That's I love it, dude. Yeah, could you imagine if he somehow, some way oh, fell to them? There ain't no way. There's no way, bro. I don't think so. All right. So we got us a starting corner, in my opinion. Um, he's gonna be starting on the on the on the sideline, right along the boundary, if you will, opposite uh Jire Alexander. Um, then, you know, I guess we could try to fill a slot at some point or another, but love that pick right there. Absolutely love it, man. So now with the Steelers are in our ear, they got a mole. The Pittsburgh Steelers got a mole in the draft room. Look at that (laughs) one pick before right there. They do. You're right, man. What the heck? Jackson powers, Johnson center from Oregon went right before we picked. 
Pittsburgh always thorn in our side, bro. So we got our we got us a corner. All right, now we're at pick 41. Best players available: Leonard Taylor, defensive tackle out of Miami, wide receiver uh, Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina, Lab McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas. Look at this, wide receiver Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Oh, There's just a cluster right here. So if we, I think we would all agree we don't need any wide receivers. We don't need quarterbacks, right? So really what you got to do is hop down here. Leonard Taylor, defensive line, that's a need for us, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, we could we could look at that. Um, we also have cornerback TJ Tampa. Surely we wouldn't go back-to-back corners, would we? Um, what are you thinking here, Jake? I can scroll up or down, man. Talk to me. It's funny you should mention going back-to-back corners. I think that would be very interesting here with, with Tampa there. But I do think if they – if Green Bay sitting here and they have a young, potentially, you know, a young player in in Leonard Taylor who has room for growth as a pass rusher, he's played some nose tackle. Now, was that to maybe the detriment of his development, maybe a little bit at Miami? Um, but you see, there's a lot of potential there. Okay. Unless there's somebody, I think both safeties are gone. I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, let's do this. Let's go defense. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yep, they are. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I thought I saw Newman might have gone in the first. Mm-hmm. It, it it might come down to just if if we're looking like best best player available. I think you're looking. I could see four names on there. Mm-hmm. I think it's Taylor. I think it's Tampa. I think Edron Cooper becomes a conversation here as well. And then probably uh, potentially, oh, uh, potentially Trice or Braswell does as well. Both are fits on the edge for that team is for gotcha. not about it. I mean, if we want to stick with kind of just, you know, let's take what what PFN is giving us as value. Mm-hmm. I think you can roll with with, with Taylor or Tampa okay. here and feel pretty pretty good about either one. Let's do it. Let's take Taylor. All right. So we take defensive tackle Taylor in that situation. So we have our defensive lineman. We fulfilled that need. That's great news, right? Now we're to the fifty eighth pick. Top prospects, wide receiver out of Georgia, Lab McConkey, quarterback Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington, uh, edge defender Braylon Trice out of Washington, uh, linebacker Jalen Ford out of Texas, defensive tackle Michael Hall Jr. out of Ohio State, um, offensive tackle Patrick Paul, uh, defensive tackle Chris Jenkins. So, obviously, we really don't need another defensive lineman. We already took a corner, too. What are we thinking here, man? Is this where we maybe go line? How do you feel about Jalen Ford, linebacker? I think I think he's another uh, Jalen Ford to me feels like another one of those guys that really runs and chases extremely well. I think you're putting him kind of in the same vein of you'd put an, an Edron Cooper. Okay. So if that's if it's something where the Packers go, okay, we, and Halfley's thinking he's going, he's thinking ahead. He's like, all right, Quay's going to be our Mike or our Sam linebacker that drops on the edge right when we need him to. Yep. And if they want if they want Ford to kind of be the guy who's in coverage a lot, right? Obviously, if they're a nickel, you know, you probably potentially give him some looks out there. But if there are three down three, def- three, uh, sorry, three linebackers on the field and you want him to be the weak side backer, I'm not opposed to that. Okay. I do think that seems, that seems high. I'm kind of surprised that that's, what's interesting of your, which I like that you're doing. You're going to every different simulator because right. There's not a lot of simulators that'll have Jalen Ford this high. And I think Cedric Gray's at like 65, which is another interesting linebacker that green Bay, I think would be interested in. Let's see here. There 64. you go. There you go. Oh, and Trotter's still here. Ooh, Trotter Jr. Trotter Jr. is my guy, by the way. Anyway, he's my favorite linebacker in this draft. I know he's undersized, six foot tall, right? But 
Um, as far as, you know, it seems like Goody and them between Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, they like those six three, six fours, right? It does seem that way, yeah. They seem to like a, a little taller players, but hard think? to argue with how Trotter plays, man. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Might what be able to think? wait though. I think I think we take we, we take our chances at linebacker here. If Braylon Trice is still available in this spot, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they're passing on that. He's like he's like going to be six three six four around two seventy. That's exactly what Green Bay wants in defensive end. Nice. And I know this is like, there you go, two sixty nine. Yeah, Ooh, that's a big old boy, big guy. You can pressure. put five pounds on him easy too. Yeah, pressure cooker, really a, a true pressure cooker on the edge. Nice. No I'll matter who he played all year. I, I feel like if we're just kind of, I know we're looking at needs and a lot of that, but it's like values presenting us with a lot of, with a lot of good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Defensive side of the ball. Really, what it comes down to is, you know, edge defender, obviously a position of tier one importance, right? Um, Offensive tackle, same thing. Patrick Paul, you got, you know, like I said, Braylon Trice ranked, what, five spots ahead of Patrick Paul. I think I'm good with Braylon Trice here. I know offensive tackle is a little more of a need, but we don't want to get into let's just, let's grab every need that we have. We got to pretend as if these are the best players on the board. Yeah. And we know Goody. Loves his edge defenders, right? So yeah, let's uh, let's still let's go, Braylon Trice. You good with it? Yeah, I, I think right, so. Braylon Trice, edge defender out of Washington. All right, so we got our one edge, and some people are going, "Well, you got Gary, you got Van Ness, you got Preston Smith. What are we doing? You got Kingsley and Abari. Kingsley here's and Abari. Here's probably, what we're doing. Yeah, Kingsley and Abari, a linebacker. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Kingsley Sorry, and Abari are probably going to be uh, unavailable for most of the season, right? I don't know if he'll have that Rashawn Gary top, you know return that soon what do you think of for kingsley and igbari jake as far as return you you think it'd probably be november-ish at least yeah it's hard to say it because everybody's different returning from, from injuries like that it's 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 hard to know if you know he can be you know the type of player who's just going to accelerate the rehab really really well and be able to try out there you know late september early october or if it's really going to take you know that that long till you know kind of where we're more accustomed to seeing it happen in that november timeline it's just yeah. hard to predict. It's hard to predict, and and because of that, I think I think edge rusher defensive end now becomes you know something that Goody's at least gonna throw some feelers out there and be like, all right, where's some value gonna be at uh, when the draft rolls around? Especially I think on day two. Bingo. Yeah. What are you thinking here, man? As far as the best prospects available, I mean, this dude Jeremiah Trotter Jr. linebacker out of Clemson, he is graded. If this was our draft board, he's the yeah. 68th best prospect. We would be getting him at 88, and the next. Uh, the next prospect with, you know, the I guess the next amount of talent is the best way of saying it would be Devontae Walker at 81st. I mean, this is it's probably too much, too much value to pass up on, right? Yeah, I would think so. I think I think Trotter or Peyton Wilson either way would be exceptional here. Peyton Wilson's a big guy as well, like 6'4, 234. Uh weighed in at the uh at the senior bowl at that. Um gotcha. So yeah, he would obviously be, you know, in consideration if Trotter wasn't still available at this selection. Right. Um, another one of those things when you're in these things, you're kind of looking like, all right, who's, who's, you know, where's the value at right now? Right. Not sure cool. where else you'd even turn. All right. Let's go Trotter Jr. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Trotter Homer. So let's do it. Yeah. Right. Let's do it. And I think that's someone that honestly, he, if you draft someone like a Jeremiah Trotter Jr., someone of that value, I think there's a good chance he starts in that four three his rookie year. Don't you think so too? I mean, you got, you got McDuffie, obviously you got a little bit of halfway experience there at Boston college. Um, obviously Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker will be your front runners. If Dre is on the roster, 
right? Yeah. I mean, if you draft a rookie, there's a good chance whoever you draft there, whether it's in the first three rounds or what have you, um, probably going to compete with McDuffie for that third spot, I would imagine. So, Yeah, uh, I, th- I think what's interesting about Trotter is you're adding another really effective blitzer to your linebacker room. And you just think about him and Quay, like, oh, who's coming? Who's not? Like, there's, oh, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with him, with him on the on the roster. Yeah, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., six foot, two thirty, thick, thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Um, one year after Clemson boasted Trenton uh, Simpson to the NFL, um, let's see, draft stage, the Tigers had two more potential early round linebacker prospects in the 2024 draft. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., son of All Pro linebacker. Um, NFL linebacker of the same name comes in as our second ranked linebacker on our preliminary rankings. Another season of production could lock Trotter in this range in 2022 Trotter put up 89 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for a loss, six and a half sacks, two picks, five deflections, man. Yeah, dude, there you go, man. Him firing off that a little bit of that will blitz some of that chaos that we talked about the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah. Clayton had seven sacks this past year. Wow. My guy's just that guy's just blitzing at a high rate. 28 pressures. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's move on. We're now at the 91st pick. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We're at Mm -hmm. 91 top prospects. Uh, Devontae Walker, wide receiver, Braylon Allen, running back out of Wisconsin. You got Peyton Wilson, linebacker out of NC State. I've actually got it listed that we need a starter and a backup. Um, Running back, Audric Estime out of Notre Dame, tight end, Cade Stover out of Ohio State, offensive tackle. Kyron, say it for me. Amagaji. Amagaji. All right. And then defensive tackle, Braden Fisk. What are you thinking here, Jake? I can pull up any position, man. What oh, I, I I I love the idea of the linebacker double up. However, <laughs> Amagaji this late? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's I let's mean, read uh, up on him. Six extremely aggressive player. And like I think his footwork's really, really good. It's get and at least, and and very much improved from his first season as a starter, and he's kind of right, he's kind of lingering right on the threshold line for Green Bay right now. He's listed at six five in an A three twenty one. We'll see if that's what he's at at the combine. Um, Sean Ryan was three twenty one. You know that's kind of the limit that Goody has pushed at offensive line. Um, oh, and there you go, elite athleticism. Feels go, yeah. like somebody that uh, that uh, Green Bay is going to be interested. In. <laughs> Six foot five, three hundred and twenty-one. Oh, at his peak, I've got arm length too here. Yeah. Do you really? What is thirty-six it? and three quarters? Oh my god! Talk about a punch, bro! Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, um, Amagaji has the elite athleticism, power, and physicality to support a ceiling as an impact NFL starter. That was Ian Cummings uh, said that back on December sixth. Something else it talks about here is. Uh, yeah. Amagaji's quad injury will prevent him from showing off his skills on the all-star circuit, but at the same time, he should be able to make a full recovery after surgery. So there you go. Nothing to re- really worry about there. So are we good with that? Amagaji at tackle? Yeah, I am. I, I, I would I, I would love to point out, I know people are saying, oh, injured. I know I see that. Injured, definitely a Packer. Peyton Wilson's also been injured a ton at NC State. So gotcha. Not doing it's it's there's not like a, you know, there's not really a trade-off with the injury department if that's really where Got the it. discussions leading. So, all right, let's go with uh, yeah. Kyron Amagaji then, offensive tackle. We said we needed a starting offensive lineman, obviously at right guard or yep. center, and shuffle the right guard around, mm-hmm. um, and then two backups. This right here, I think, gives you a little bit of insurance, right? If Bach doesn't return, right? You can kind of, you could probably start Rashid Walker or have Amagaji uh, kind of. 
compete with him for that spot. So let's do it. I like it, man. All yeah, right, so we got us a starting offensive lineman. I know Denver says maybe that's why he's lower. I'll say PFF has him at like 40 or 41 on their sense. board. Uh, it just feels like when you look at like the the emphasis of need at, at offensive tackle right now and with all of the talent that there is, I think it's just good. It's, it's going to be like it, it's man, it's going to be like beef jerky sale in the south, man. It's like it's going. <laughs> We're out of here. Like guys are just they're gone, gone. Like in 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 subsequent picks it's it's going to be a, a frenzy absolutely all right pick 126 top prospects uh hands down defensive tackle according to this draft board uh defensive tackle mason smith out of lsu uh, he's at 101 then it drops all the way down to 111 wide receiver malik washington cornerback Kyrie jackson running back marshawn lloyd out of usc linebacker uh traven wallace out of kentucky then you got a center tanner uh, Bort- Bortolini out of Wisconsin. So uh, what are we thinking here, Jake, as far as defensive line, we already got our defensive lineman, yeah. right? Um, we could use another corner. We still haven't taken a safety, but man, they went quick. No. Yeah. So out what are curiosity, who's still there at safety? Just, just a safety. Take, take a, a peek. Oh, Mustafa. Okay. Mustafa, Kenny Logan's got some experience in the single high looks. Smith kind of drops in the box and plays some nickel. Mustafa's a box guy as well. What's a little bit further down? Just just to just to trying to plan ahead here. <laughs> right, right. Oh, we got some, oh okay. Okay. I think we're okay. I think all we're right, okay. Cool. So if we go back to the all board, what are we thinking here? I think it's for me, it's it's one of three. I think mm-hmm. you go Kyrie Jackson, uh potentially six three, one ninety-six ish. At corner, plenty of size, athleticism there. Marshawn Lloyd is a seamless, feels really seamless fit. Um, gotcha. A lot of zone. So, um, not as much, but he is just really, really good at taking advantage of bad linebacker angles and safety angles. Gotcha. He's added some wiggle to his game. Uh, he showed it off at the Senior Bowl, and he's got the he's got the Aaron Jones build. You know. Yeah. He's really got, got that five nine two sixteen. There you go. It's it's right got on it. that line. So, um, I'm with and you. Wallace though, is the other one. I would say if you're going to double dip at linebacker, I think you could do it here. He's like six one two forty four. There's your potential Mike slash Sam linebacker. Got it. For me, I think it would be Kyrie Jackson because I mean, look, yeah. we we we've kind of neglected safety. It's how the board fell. Yeah. Um, we needed. We said we could use as many as four corners, right? Um, I don't know if Kyrie Jackson can play the slot or not. You get that information by by chance? I would, I would I would lean towards no, okay. um, but that doesn't mean that you know you can't just uh, pop Quinion Mitchell into the slot at any point. Trying to tell me Quinion Mitchell can play anywhere on the field? Is that what you're saying? I feel like yeah. I feel like he, you know, one play one play running back. Yeah, I probably could do that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, let's go Kyrie Jackson here. All right, let's get us another another corner. All right, so. Got that. What's cool is with PFF, we did a, a two mock saturation of PFF and we swung and missed on corner. Like oh, I say swung and missed. We didn't, we only got one corner in each of those drafts. And okay. this one with Pro uh Pro Football Network, PFN, we've already got two corners, but no safeties. So it's cool to see how each one kind of plays out here. And this will give us an idea of what how aggressive we need to be in free agency. So uh 167 tied in McKaylin Castles out of Tennessee. Uh, at 158, uh, you've got Aaron Casey, linebacker out of Indiana. 
165 safety Jay Stanley out of Southern Miss, 168 offensive tackle Ladarius Henderson out of Michigan. What are we thinking here, Jake? So I know I know he's listed as offensive tackle. That's where he played in his last year uh, at Michigan. Arizona State, Ladarius Henderson, he's – I got 6'4 309 as the measurables here. He was a lot better when he was playing at guard um, at Arizona State and has has zone experience. So if if you're looking here for the like, okay, can this guy like do it? Is there any guard experience from any player around this this part of the draft? Probably lean Henderson. Um, yeah. Otherwise, could get your tight end in Eric All here. Really like him from Iowa. Okay, uh, can get the job done there. But I think those are the two that I'm looking at the most. Because again, okay. we're just not getting a Damani Richardson. I'm, I'm, eh, could be a nickel. So, and we kind of have a lot of court. We've taken two corners to this point. And right. see, I kind of like the guys that are further down the list than the f- initial three that are there. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, oh my gosh, there's so many. I have our last pick. I think we can wait for him. <laughs> I got it. I got our last pick. I think we can wait for a safety. I love it. Love it. All right. So, if we go back to the total, it's going to come down to uh, tight end or offensive tackle. I think with it being pick 167, how many picks do we got left here? So got we've got one, yeah, four more left. I would, yeah. I think I would go offensive tackle. The, what you're looking at now is whoever you take at offensive tackle is going to be competing with Caleb. Uh, Caleb, uh, oh God, what's his last name? It's, it's escaping oh, me. Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones. Caleb well, Jones, a big boy. So, well, as I said, I think Henderson to me right now is when you look at him at Arizona State at guard when he played there, mm-hmm. he looks so much, so much better. Does he really? And, okay. Yeah, and 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 he's got and he's got the zone experience there as well. To mm-hmm. me, that's that's more of his where Green Bay is going to see him than playing tackle. I think you've kind of if you go over the Michigan stuff, you're going to be like, ah, oh, that's that's not what we kind of want to tackle. But tackle experience, best fit at guard, feels very Green Bay. So that's you know obviously John Runyon most likely out the door. So mm-hmm. Ladarius Henderson will be competing with uh, Sean Ryan there for the yeah. right guard spot, right? Yep. Cool. Let's do it. You good with it? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So we got us offensive lineman there. So, got two of the three offensive linemen we needed so far. Now we're at pick 203. We'll try to go rapid fire here. Oh, oh 195. Oh, you're, hey, you're laughing. Tell me what you're laughing at here. What are you seeing? Gosh, I can't believe Marshawn Nealon is here. I, I figured, you know, we had to get an edge rusher that was locked and loaded Green Bay fit. And then we've got we've got Nealon still here, <laughs> 6'3", 268. So, gotcha. official measurements from Mobile with 34-inch arms. Darn. Whew. So we've already got the edge we needed. Do we just go ahead and say, you know what, let's build this build this room up even more? What do you think? Um, it could. Uh, I know the one other one that's that jumps out is is Sion Vaki from Utah because he, uh, so he's listed as like a redshirt sophomore, two years of mission trips, um, gotcha. limited snaps though at safety, but has a ton of athleticism. I would even look down. Yeah, you scrolled down. Evan Williams feels multifaceted from Oregon. Keaton Oladapo from Oregon State, really good box player who's improving his coverage skills. And then Dadrian Taylor Demerson being this low is surprising. I think he's got single high potential from Texas Tech. Gotcha. There's some safety still here that I feel pretty comfortable with. So what we think? Have we gone? Did we go? We haven't gone running back. We have not gone running back. We have, we have not. not done that, have we? Let's check it out. Not Let's to. Go. Not to. Uh, <laughs> Keep this rolling for a long time. Hey, it's all good. <laughs> uh, but oh, there's a lot of fits there too. Um, 
Rasheen Ali will be coming off injury, but like McClellan and Milton are two guys that, you know, if you'd like, oh, you know, not 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 a lot of tread on the tires. There have been a lot of, you know, rotation. Not that tread on the tires is a big running back argument anymore. But McClellan, good size, good burst. Kendall Milton, nice contact balance, really strong processor between the tackles. Couldn't go wrong either way. Okay. Um, but we could, I mean, if we want to do the best available thing, I mean, this edge room is going to be special. So you, you're saying kneeling, aren't you? I, you know, did we take did we take Eric all the tight end or we went a different direction? Now it's escaped me. I got too excited. Uh, let's see here. Did we pick him or did, no? We, we did didn't. not. No. Okay, we no, didn't pick tight end. Not. Spanford and 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 Barner are good blocking tight ends. If if that's if that's interesting to the to the people, mm, think about it. Okay, so outside of you know, obviously Tucker not Crab- to present too many options here. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry. Let's just go best available of what okay. you just talked about right now. All obviously, right. if we just focused on need, let's just focus yeah. on need. Okay. So let's cross edge off. Let's cross defensive tackle off, right? Okay. Tight end is a knee. We need a backup tight end. We need a ton of safety. I mean, we we haven't drafted a safety yet, right? We have no, not no. drafted a safety yet. No. And and we had it listed as four needs. So I kind of feel like we could double dip. Yeah. I think there's a lot there. So out of these top safeties here, who would you take? Who's your pick? You know, obviously they if, got got Bakley ranked number one, but what do you think? If if we want, it, we can obviously play the ADP game a little bit, right? And be like, ah, oh, could Taylor Demerson still be there at two seventeen? But if you don't, if if you want to risk it, I would go Oladapo because I think that's a good contrasting style with Taylor Demerson. But if you are afraid you might lose out on Demerson, Evan Williams from Oregon's more complete in gotcha. his profile. Right, well, Evan Williams is ranked higher. Let's do that. All right. Let's do it. Right, let's go Evan Williams safety. So we got that. Bang. Oh, All right. Oladapo now we're still there. Okay. <laughs> 215. Oladapo's still there. You've got uh let's see let's see what we got overall here. Oh, yeah, I think we did all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So tight end span forward is still there, ranked 199. We're picking at 215. We still need a tight end two. Um, if we went off of just needs, obviously we need a tight end, a halfback. Uh, yeah. Backup linebacker, two corners, one more offensive lineman, and three safeties. Yeah, you think just up, go ahead and double dip with the I think we, I think we might as well with Oladapo. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. I think we might Same. as well. All right, we got Oladapo at safety. Cross it off. So I'm liking this draft as far as filling the needs for sure. Two forty-two. Here we are again. Um, still need two safeties, two corners, one offensive lineman, a linebacker, tight end, and a halfback. What are we thinking here? Um. I think we got to go running back okay to fill this out all right you got rasheen ali out of marshall you've got jace mcclellan out of alabama running back kendall milton out of georgia uh you've got aiden robinson out of byu what are you thinking here um i'm thinking you know do we want like the most explosive playmaker at the position that's rasheen ali from marshall and i know he got hurt, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. in in Mobile. Uh, but man, I mean, he when he was out, he was out there for one practice. He moves different. His straight line speed is different from everybody else out there. Is the injury uh, a concern? Uh, it was a it was a um, what was it? It was like it was like an upper body, pec, shoulder, arm gotcha. injury, something like that. Um, yeah. McClellan's been good as well. So, do you have do you have Ali's size? 
Yeah, I do. Uh, it's uh, five eleven and three eighths, two hundred four. All these guys are are over two hundred. Gotcha. Okay. So cool. any any three of them would would fit here. Let's go, Ali. All right. All right. Let's do it. Bang. Got a running back. Good stuff there. We got one more. Right. Oh. So let's see here. That. Yeah, I think we've got one more pick at two fifty. So Did we do uh, the needs double up yet? Two safeties, two corners, one offensive lineman, one linebacker, one tight end are the needs. What are we thinking here? Oh my! Um, from the uh, the producers that brought you Traven Wallace from Kentucky, I present Nathaniel Watson from Mississippi State. Mm. I believe they're the same, exactly the same size. I don't have it here, so gotcha. Um, it is. Oh no! Okay, six one two forty four was Wallace. Six two two forty four is Watson. Six two two forty two. Oh boy! Yeah, big boy. Let's do, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So. 242 on the board. We're getting them at 250. Good value there. Bang. There is your mock draft. So as far as how that filled out, let's grab us a screenshot real quick. What we're doing saving these. We're archiving them. That way we can go back and kind of look at what we were able to accomplish as free agency gets ready to kick off. Um, and we'll kind of have an idea of, of what we're doing there for sure. So with that being said, there you go. Let's see if I can get it to pull up. I'm at the delete something though, man. I'll tell you what. We are uh, we are at max capacity with the screen grabs. My computer is, or not my computer, but uh, anyway, uh, StreamYard is going. What are you doing, dude? I know you're paying for extra space, but this no one is geeked out like you on here. Stream so there you go. StreamYard is going, stream going. Stop doing mock drafts. Exactly. The chat saying do more mock drafts. <laughs> so with PFN, twenty oh. fifth pick, Quinion Mitchell, cornerback out of Toledo. I'm trying not to laugh, but I'm just like, if that somehow happens. Oh. My goodness. Defensive tackle at 41, you got defensive tackle Leonard Taylor out of Miami. Number 58, you got Braylon Trice out of uh, Edge out of Washington. Number 88, my boy Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson, linebacker. Uh, 91, you got offensive tackle Kyron. Say it for me. Amagaji. Oh, uh, yeah, Amagaji. Yep. All right. 126, cornerback Kyrie Jackson. 167, offensive tackle Ladarius Henderson. 203, Evan Williams, safety out of Oregon. Uh, number 215, you got Cotton. A lot of Poe um, out of uh, Oregon State safety. Uh, 242, you got running back Rasheen Ali. Like I said, battled a little injury down there in Mobile, but should be all right there. 250, linebacker Nathaniel Watson. So essentially what we came away with here, Jake, when we look at the needs that we had and we feel we needed four safeties, four corners, three offensive linemen, one defensive lineman, two backers, uh, one tight end, one halfback, one edge. What we came away still needing is two safeties, two corners, one offensive lineman, and a tight end. Not too bad. Not too bad. So, um, obviously, we didn't get our starting safety, but we did get a stud cornerback. Um, it's just it's it's really interesting to see how these different websites how it plays out much different. Yeah, you know? it, it's very strange because if you if you tried to get um, Mitchell, uh, Trice, Trotter, Amagaji in the same mock, you'd have to have four top 50 picks on pff side of things so that's right. like you could tell my shock you could tell i've never done a pff pfn simulator yet because i'm like <laughs> how is this guy still here you know right um Love but it, it's it's impressive i don't know so uh, we got a super chat here from cg thank you so much for supporting the stream appreciate you said check out kansas state guard cooper Beebe, uh in the third 80 plus pff grade all american and looks and plays like an absolute mauler um when i did my little 
little mini mini position mock draft breakdown as far as at the top of the heap, kind of that top tier at each position, if you will. Um, offensive line, what I had was ranked first was uh, Powers Johnson, ranked second was Christian Haynes, and then I had Cooper BB third. So he was in my top four as far as offensive linemen. Where would you put him, Jake? Just Obviously, you don't have all your information in front of you. Your board, I'm sure, is not complete. Where would you put BB as we get ready to wrap this thing up? As, right. as far as like offensive line ranking, would you say oh. he's in the top five of offensive line? Would you say he's where, where would you put uh, him? for interior guys? Absolutely. Um, he's played he's played four spots on the line uh, in his career. Oh, really? Yeah, he's played 778 snaps at left tackle. 1847 at, at left guard, 25 at right guard, 476 at right tackle. Gotcha. They put him everywhere. He's done well everywhere. Um, if he, as long as he's not, I don't know. We'll see. The PFF lists him at 6'4, 335, which is, which is well outside of what Green Bay usually does with, with size thresholds. But somebody sent me one that's got him at 322. If he's anywhere near 320, Green Bay's interested. And that would make a lot of us, I think, very happy because there's your tackle experience and positional flexibility along the way. Everything but center, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Thank you, CG. Appreciate it. You got anything you want to add before we wrap this thing up? I said an hour tonight, maybe under an hour. We're at hour 25. So you know how it goes. Carly said, I am not hanging around. As soon as I said mock draft, she said, I'm out of here. Clayton made a mistake. He he allowed me to come on uh, and extend no, the show like forty minutes longer than it should have been. Uh, that's my that's my bad. But I, I think it's I think it's fun that you're doing these like almost every day because it, it just gives you a nice idea of okay what's available at certain spots, you know. And I know that depends on on the simulators, right? But it gives you a really nice look at the draft class as a whole. You go, you're like, all right. Where's linebacker the most valuable? What have we seen at the most valuable, right? Where are the trenches most valuable? Where do you need to get corners? Because obviously Green Bay needs a lot in the secondary. So it gives you a a nice mix of like, okay, this is what all these sites think. And this is kind of when we pull it all together, where do we kind of have to get these guys? So it's a good exercise. Yeah. So like Pro Football Network, and we'll wrap up with this. Just example here. We said – Coming if if the draft happened before free agency, what we basically came away still needing would be two safeties, two corners, an offensive lineman, and a tight end. When we looked at free agency this year, we couldn't find any offensive lineman that we liked, especially for their fair market value. It's like I'm not willing to pay that for like you know like you know Connor. I think it was Connor Williams out of Miami, stud, right? But probably not going to be available till well into December because of the ACL, if I remember correctly. So what we had was linebacker Bobby Wagner. Safety Geno Stone, safety Alohi Gilman, safety Darnell Savage, which have you heard any rumors about him? Because I heard someone saying the other day that there's rumors that the Packers are planning on keeping him. Did you hear that? Who? Savage? Savage, yeah. I, I don't I don't see why they why they wouldn't keep him, honestly, because I think this this system, at least from what we've kind of, you know, what you've pick, gathered right? from talking, you know, to others, um, like Coach to Dad, like hearing that. And like, just think about like, okay, Savage. What does he do really well? He drops into the robber, drops into the hole, and he's got speed to cover anybody that enters his area. And like to me, that's exactly what you want in that that safety. Now, I know he's not the biggest guy to be in the box and stuff like that, but do that, play some nickel. Like, it just seems like it. It's almost like the fit is getting better for him right now with with this defensive coordinator change. 
as long as the money's like reasonable, I, I don't see why not. See, that's me. Like, and I think they had his market value set at 5 million, if I remember correctly. So 5 million per, he's what, 26 years old, signed him to a three-year deal, which Goody kind of likes those three-year three-year deals. So yeah. um, here's the way I would see it, though. As we looked at this mock draft here, right, what we just put together and based off of our needs that we still still needed, we still needed two safeties, right? So the safety we took was obviously it wasn't until pick 203, right? So if this were the case and the draft was before free agency, I would go after both Geno Stone at $6.5 per. And uh, by the way, he uh, he graded out as the fourth, uh, what was this, fourth in passer rating when targeted at 37.9 last year. I mean, just a stud. That guy can play center field, not a great run defender, but that guy that can play that single high look. And then, of course, you got Alohi Gilman. Um, I think his passer rating when targeted was 60.3. Oh, by the way, we just hired our DB coach was his DC with the LA Chargers. If you go and grab those two safeties, you could, I think you could avoid re-signing Darnell Savage. Although if you took Savage and one of those two guys, I think I would prefer, and that's tough, man, because we kind of played Savage spinning into the box more yeah. than just playing center field. Obviously, we when Rudy Ford and him were on the field together, Rudy Ford was the guy playing center field, right? Yeah. And and you kind of had Savage, you know, playing that rat, right? Coming underneath, obviously the pick six, all that good stuff. So um yeah, yeah, I think I think this plays out pretty good because you can get your safeties. As far as offensive linemen, I would stay away from Connor Williams, but we did like guard Greg Von Roten at two point seven million. That might be someone you could pick up. Cheap, so yeah. if, going back to this draft real quick, the offensive lineman we took, we took offensive tackle, uh, you know, Amagaji with yep. the ninety first pick, right? We took offensive tackle Ladarius Henderson mm-hmm. out of Michigan, which you said was more of a guard, right? Yeah, I and would then, say so. Yeah. yeah, and you could also go and pick up Greg Von Roten for probably two and a half to two point seven million. I would feel a lot better about that offensive line. My gosh. Oh yeah. So absolutely. All right. There you go. Anything else you want to add, man? No, not a whole no. lot. Uh just uh just remember Chad, just you know Keep manifesting Quinya Mitchell to be available at 25. Yes. That's what that's the goal. That's yes. the goal this offseason, if there's any. Yeah. We do not uh encourage ayahuasca on this program. Okay. However, whatever you got to do to get Quinya Mitchell on the board when we pick at 25. Yep. There you go. All right. With that being said, we're out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Give a special shout-out to the Super Chats. Jay, thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate you. CG, thank you for the Super Chat and the Connor BB Talk. You guys are awesome. We will see you guys most likely tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here. Try to run this play in the alley.